Brad Giannini, and uh, I work with Crew as an intern. This is my second year. And uh, I work with Neuer, which I'm really excited about. I disciple, help oversee a Bible study and whatnot, and just, yeah, just love the guys in Neuer, which I'm really pleased to do. So one of the things about giving a crew talk that has to be done is you have to talk about your relationships. It's just a crew talk that you do. It's just a thing that you do. And so for me, I am engaged to an awesome, gorgeous woman. Her name's Alicia Fleener, which... Yeah, she's pretty great, and I'm really, really excited about her. And I never thought, so I thought this was a cliche, that you should marry your best friend, and I never thought that I would. And it's like, for her, as I got to know her, as I got to date her, as I got to be with her, I just, I loved her so much. And I got to just enjoy her. And she finally, like, started to become, like, my best friend. And I finally came to the place where I was like, you know, I actually want to spend, like, the rest of my life with this person. And I thought I would never say that because I, I love like my roommates, the guys that I disciple, like all the guys that are involved in my life, and it's not a slap at them, but I just, I, I love her more than I love them, and so it's like, she's the one that I would want to spend the rest of my life with, and I just thought it was a cliche to, to marry your best friend, but I'm going to do it, and she's pretty great. So, yeah. With that being said, I'm going to get into my talk about how God is light, and I thought I'd open it up with a sweet, juicy story. That being said, this is two years ago, my senior year. Um, I was, uh, it was probably around this time, uh, or maybe a couple months beforehand, God placed in my heart that I should apply to be an intern with Crew, which I was really excited about. I thought I really wanted to, yeah, just see what full-time ministry looked like, and so I decided I was going to trust God with that, and so I applied, and I was really excited. And one of the things about um, joining Crew staff is that you have to be pure from looking at pornography for six months, and I've been doing pretty good up to that point, you know. But uh, the thought of not being able to do something or, like, having a, a requirement to be able to get in was kind of daunting. And so uh, I applied and whatnot, and it was great. And uh, six months really kind of went by, and it was super easy. Like, it was super great. And uh, it was like I finally came to a place where it was like, I was, like, two weeks out, and I was like, like, I can totally do this. Like, this is totally great. Like, not a big deal. And it's not that I was looking for an excuse of I could do this again later, but it was like all I had to do was go two more weeks, and it was done. And I started to, as I started to, like, say that in my head, I'd wake up in the morning, and I was like, I got this. Like, this is totally done. I would start to put my trust in myself. And so I, I started to do that very thing, and eventually one night I ended up giving into it. And I remember sitting, like, in bed, and I was like, man, I, I totally threw away all these things. A lot of things are writing on it. I remember putting money down for an apartment that I would go at and be at the following year as an intern with crew. Or I had told my parents this is what I was going to do, and I did not want to do accounting, and so I just... I just, like, put all my eggs in one basket. And as I failed that one night, I came to realize that all these things were, were going to be gone. And so I told myself, and I said this in my heart, that I will never tell anyone this sin. All right, pray with me. Heavenly Father, God, we just, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you so much for the opportunity that you give us just to be here, to seek your face, to know you, God. And so, Lord, we pray that you would come and speak to us, that you would come and speak to us through the, through the word, that you'd speak to us through my mouth, God. I recognize that we need you here in this place, and we long for you to teach us your ways. Show us how you are the God of light. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Sweet. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk about how God is light, which is awesome. So if you would please turn with me to 1 John chapter 1, 5 through 10. While you're turning there, uh, I'd like you to remember Bridget's talk last week. So I'm talking like, like right to back to back with what she was saying. And so um, some important things to remember is Bridget talked about how Christ is life, and in him is life found. 
And so he is the fountain of life. So if you desire life, you go to Christ to receive that life. And in him, you receive this relationship that gives you life. And so that's really important for me as I start at verse 5. And um, as we look back, even like verse 3 and whatnot, this term fellowship is used. And so that's really important. And we'll break that down here later as we go through it. But that's really important to remember. And I love hearing the ruffling of pages. That's great. That means people have their Bible. That's great, too. Sweet. All right, so we're going to get into it, and we're just going to read through 5 through 10, and then we're going to break it down. All right. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him is no darkness at all. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we uh, walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us, or to forgive. Yeah, he's just and faithful to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And so, let's go back to verse 5, and we're going to break it down. With this being said, uh, it starts off by saying, this is the message. And in the Greek, it says, promise. And this promise comes with a condition, and we're going to recognize what that condition is as we look forward. But uh, John had been talking about this fellowship and this relationship, and to walk in that, there's a condition, and we're going to hit that as we continue to go on. But as we go through verse 5, we see that this term, or this thought, is that God is light. And so when we think of light, Look around you. Like, everything that you see is based off of light, right? Like, the colors that are on your shirts, the colors up here, the color on my shirt, whatever. All this color is based off of you seeing light. And so, I just want you to start thinking about light. Light is everywhere. It's literally everywhere. And with that being said, God is everywhere. And when we think about light, light is pure and holy and good and blameless, right? And as we think about light, too, in a, in a biblical context, it's also referred to or thought of as righteousness. On the contrary, when we think of Satan, he's like called the prince of darkness, right? As you sin, you walk in darkness. These two themes kind of go hand in hand. If you were to walk outside in the dark, maybe you're afraid of the dark. There's a reason for that. It's often characterized or linked with being bad and stuff of that nature. So start thinking about that. As we continue to go on, it says, in him is no darkness at all. And so God is not only like pure and holy and blameless, but it's, he's holy, holy, holy. This thought is, is that there's no darkness in, in him at all. So he does not sin. He does not lie. He does not murder. He does not commit any acts that are poor or, or bad. Like God is pure, holy, righteous, and just. And so this is the God that we serve. God is light. And the light destroys the darkness. That's why there's no darkness in him, that the light destroys it. If you walk outside with a flashlight, it destroys the darkness. Darkness flees. So, yeah, darkness is the absence of light. As we think through these things, this is what's going on. And in verse 6, and it goes on, it'll start to talk to us, it'll start to talk to us about who we are in reflection of what we see with who God is. And so let's go to verse 6. If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. And so this reality is, is that if we say that we have fellowship with God, but we walk in darkness, we can't because he is light, right? We can't walk with him if he is light. And so this thought of fellowship is really important. So I have a father, 
I'm really, I love my dad. He's an, he's an awesome man. But if I was ever to sin with him, or to sin against him, right, like my fellowship with him is broken. Like he could be upset with me. Our relationship is like maybe in tension, whatever it would be. My fellowship with him is broken. However, he is still my father no matter what I do, which is great. And so this is kind of the idea of fellowship is that like fellowship is kind of like the status where you would be in your relationship or like how things are kind of going. And so your fellowship with him is broken, as we see this in verse 6. And so if we say that we, we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. It goes on to kind of give us more of an idea of that in verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus his son cleanses us from all sin. And so this thought is that we would have to walk in the light that the righteousness of God is not ours, but it's ours to walk in. And so it's not that you would obtain it, it's not that there's anything good in you, it's on the opposite, that if you see this and like kind of go back to verse six, it's like darkness is you, that you are in a desperate need for Christ. And so we see that to, to walk in light is to recognize that Christ's righteousness is what we have to walk in with. And so as we see in verse seven, it says, but if we walk in the light, he is in the light, and we have fellowship with one another. This recognition is confession. That we have to confess that we're sinful and that we're broken. And then as we confess together corporately, as we come together, as you confess sin, that we are together in this. That we have fellowship with one another. Because we have the same thing in common. That we're sinful, that we're broken, that we're desperate, and we need something to save us. And so we would walk in the light. As we go on in verse 8. Well, actually, we're going to keep going forward in verse 7, sorry. And so, and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. The reality is, is that if you walk in the light, if you walk in fellowship, Jesus' blood cleanses you of all sin. That you can have the freedom to confess every sin in your life. Every sin, that you are free to do these very things because the blood of Christ cleanses you. As we see I don't want you to turn here, but in Hebrews chapter 9, verse 22, it says this, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness. There's a price to be paid for every sin, whether it's big, whether it's small, and there has to be a price that's paid, and it's Christ's blood on your behalf that's spilt and paid for for your sin, which is awesome, because the thought here is that if we confess these things right, the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sin, that you're free that you're free to confess your sin, that you're not dead in your sin anymore, that you can have life, as Bridget talked about last week. And so let's go on to verse 8. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. The thought here, as I've been trying to say all the way up until this point, is that we are full of sin. That if one of you says that, you're, that you don't sin, you lie. You lie right now. Because you're just deceiving yourself. In reality, God knows you and sees you. As he is light, he's shining down. He sees every act that you would ever commit. And he knows it. And for you to say that you have no sin, you just deceive yourself. Whether you believe it or not, you're deceiving yourself if you say that you have no sin. And the truth is not in you. Verse 9, as we continue to go forward, things get good. 
If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The thought is, is that you can't get away from the fact that you're a sinner and that you need to confess your sin. But he says right here that if you confess your sin, that he is faithful and just to forgive you. And that he cleanses you from all unrighteousness. God no longer looks at you as if he's disappointed with you, but that he loves and adores you, that he longs to showcase his great love for you, that he would die for you. Do you see this? That he, he, the way that he cleanses you is by his own blood. This is how much that he loves you and cherishes you, as if this is the value that you have, and that it's in Christ, that he cherishes you, and that he longs for you to confess your sin, that you're free to do these things. God is no longer disappointed in you because he's paid the price for your sin. And so he cleanses us from all of our unrighteousness. And this is the opportunity to see God's great love, that he would come for you, that he'd reach you, and that he would save you. In verse 10, it says, If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Then his word is not in us. The reality is, is that we're all sinful, that we're all sinners. And if we say that we have not sinned, the only thing you're doing is making, that you're saying that God is a liar and you, you can't compete with God and his word is not in you. And so we have to confess our sin. This is the place that we have to go. We have to confess our sin. And the reality is, is the reason that you probably don't confess your sin is that you realize that you are in need of a Savior. But the more that you confess your sin, the more that you see that you need to be saved. And so it's this revolving circle of confessing sin and seeing your sin and confessing it and seeing it. And as a result, you see how much you need Christ, that Christ would come and save you. And so it's, it's so, so important that you would confess your sin because as you confess it, you recognize your need for Christ. And as we see here, like in verse 9, that he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sin. God's love is this for you, that you would be saved, that you would be freed from your sin, that you no longer have to worry about these things any longer. And so I would love to finish up my little story because it didn't end there when I said that I said in my heart that I wouldn't confess this sin. And we'll pick it up right there. Um, I was about two weeks out from my telephone call to be, um, yeah, re-interviewed for becoming a, a missionary with crew. And um, I was also two weeks out from reading The Great Trip of PCB, which I'm really excited about this year. But anyways, um, I was saying it's going to be freaking sweet. But... Um, <laughs> So let's go. Um, but yeah, so I was just like, I was sitting in my heart. And I was like, God, I, I can't confess these things. I refuse to confess my sin. I will never confess my sin. And I just, that was it. That was, it was on. It was done. And I remember God saying, Brad, if you love me, you will confess this sin. If you love me more than your sin, you will confess your sin. If you love me more than the status of being a missionary, you will confess your sin. If you love me more than your status of being righteous, you will confess this sin. And I said, God, I do. I love you so much, but this is the plan. This is the plan to go and to be a missionary. This is the plan to go and to do these things. And if I confess this, it's all gone. And God said, do you love me and trust me more? And I said, God, I do, but it's so hard. And so I, I remember calling up one of my friends and being like, bro, like, I need you to come down. I need you to come down and talk to me. I need, need to tell you something. And he said, yeah, I'll be right there. And he came down. 
And I told him everything I just told you. And I was like, dude, I can't confess this sin. I can't tell anyone. If I do, my whole life is ruined. It's gone. It's all gone. And he just continued to encourage me, man, that God loves you. And you should confess this sin. Confess it. And I said, man, I don't want to. Please walk with me through this. I need your help. I've said in my heart that I'm not going to confess these things. And so as a result, the week went by. And I still had two weeks, and the week went by. And finally, at the end of the week, I was like, God, you know, no matter what happens, I love you more than these things. I love you more than all of the, the statuses, the title, the self-righteous, like my righteousness, whatever it would be before men. And I, I, was, I was ready. I was ready to, to let whatever happened happen, you know? And so as a result... Yeah, this was like, God, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to confess these things. And so the, the day finally came. PCB was coming, was coming around the corner. It was like six hours like out that we were going to leave that midnight, and I was about to get my telephone call. And I remember saying to myself, I can't leave this trip if I don't confess this sin. I'm not trusting in God. I'm trusting in myself to leave this trip if I don't recognize my need for Jesus. And no matter what that would be, I would give up, no matter whatever status it would be, to recognize my need for Jesus. And so as a result, I was ready to go. I was going to tell him everything. He calls, and he's like, he's talking about ministry, and I'm telling him how great the year was and how many people we saw come to Jesus and how awesome God is and whatnot. And then he finally was like, hey, Brad, like, talk to me about, like, your purity and how has it been walking with Jesus. And I was, like, really quick to be like, you know, this past, like, six months was super great. Like, it was super easy. Like, it wasn't really that bad at all. Like, it was just, it was honestly, it was, it was like a breeze. It was pretty great. But the past two weeks was rough. And he was like, yeah, what do you mean? Tell me more. And, I was, and so I told him everything I've told you guys. And he was like, okay. Like, he cut the conversation right there. And he was like, okay, I'm going to call my boss, and I'll call you back in two hours and let you know what's going on. And I was like, okay, okay, okay. So I hung up the phone, and I just felt defeated. It was over. It was done. He, he didn't really care to know much more. That was it. And I just sat there, and I was like, God. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what to do anymore. I just don't, I don't know. But God, I know one thing, is that I love you more than this status. I love you more than the mission. I love you more than all these things. I love you more than the people that I was hoping to room with the next year. That if you would strip all these things, that you are worth more. And that I love you so much more. And God was like, Brad, This is everything I've wanted to tell you. I love you so much that I died for you, that you recognizing your need for for Christ to come, this is everything that it was. And I want to tell you guys that this is exactly what it is for you too. And the guy ended up calling me back. And I remember thinking to myself, I'm going to have to call my mom, and she's going to be like, Brad, how'd it go? And I'm going to be like, you know, I didn't get it. And she's going to be like, why? And I'm going to be like, you know, I messed up. I messed up. My friends are going to be like, why didn't you room with me? And I'm going to be like, I messed up. I fell. And the guy calls me up, and he's like, yo, Brad, hey, how's it going? So you got accepted. Uh, here, you just have to fill this little application, and that was it. And he like, he's like, okay, it was a good conversation. I was really encouraged by things you had to say, and that was it. Like, he didn't say anything more. And I was just kind of sitting there like, okay, this is great. Like, praise be to God. Like, God is so good, you know. No, but really, like, God was in my heart was like, Brad, I didn't give you these things because I wanted you to see that I was good. I wanted to show you that I was worth all these things more and more and more, more so than any title that I could ever give you. 
And I sat there and I was like, God is so good. I've never felt closer to God as I confessed my sin, as my relationship, my fellowship with God was restored. And Christ forgave me of all my sins and he showed me just how much he loves me because I stepped out and I had no defenses. That was it. I came before all of, I came before it with all of my sin, with an open heart, asking God, here it is. Will you forgive me? And he gave me everything back. And this isn't to say that if you are in my position and you would confess your sin and God didn't give you what you were going for, that doesn't mean that he's not good, but that he's worth it more. And so I want to ask you guys, I want to challenge you guys with three things of application as we walk forward from this talk, as we look at it, that we need to be in community that you need to be going to church, that you need to have people over your lives who are looking down upon you, who are, who are helping spur you on in righteousness. The other thing is you need to be getting into the word every day. Just get into the word. I don't, it doesn't matter how long, but you need to be saturating yourself in the word. You need to be walking in fellowship with God. His word is given to you so you can know and love Jesus, so you can see him and know him. And so these things are, are perfect and good. And so I want you to taste and see that this is where life is found. Yeah, and then the third one, that you would confess, that you would confess your sin. And I would encourage you to confess it on the reg, on the daily, all right? And so that you would go out and that you would do these things, no matter how big or how small they are, that you would go and you would do it, whether you stole some food from your roommates or you did something like this that could jeopardize your whole career, that you confess all these things. Because I want to tell you, a real man doesn't like sit in his self-righteousness and pound people to death. A real man, like Christ, walks in humility. And so I want to challenge men to walk in humility. That when you sin, that you would confess it, no matter how big or how small. And as you continue to confess your sin, you'll recognize how much you need Christ, and you'll continue to confess your sin, and you'll draw closer and closer to Jesus. If you want to know God, the very thing that separates you from him is your sin, and so you must, you must confess your sin. This is absolutely important. And that goes for you too, women, that you would confess your sin as well. But I like talking to the guys and telling them what to do. Um, Yeah, and so... You know, as we think about these things, guys, I would just, I would encourage you to do these things. But rest in this, and, and I love this as I think about um, Daniel chapter 9. He's praying to God that God would relinquish his, um, his wrath, that he would come and bring back his presence. And he kind of finishes out his prayer by saying, God, I don't come before you in my righteousness, but I come before you in your great mercy. And I want you guys to see and to taste and to know that God's love is for you in this place, that he loves you and that he adores you. And that even though he is the God of light, he sees all your sin and that he can't stand your sin, that he paid the price for it so that he could be with you. So I want you guys to know the goodness of God's love, that you would be here with him in this place, and that you confess your sin and recognize your need for Christ. And that is the condition to walk with Jesus, is that you would recognize your need for him. That it's not like, oh, I think I'm a good person. It's, no, I need Christ. And so I want to welcome up the, the band, and I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I just I thank you so much for this day. I thank you so much for the opportunity you give us to, yeah, just to be here, to trust you, to know you, God. 
I thank you so much for your great love that you come and you give us, that you allow us to confess our sins, God, that we are broken, desperate, in need for you, God, that the only way for us to experience you, the only way for us to know you, is by confessing our sin and receiving the gift of Christ. And so, God, I just, I thank you so much for him. I thank you so much for the free gift that you give us, that we needed you. And so, God, by, by this free gift, we get to know you. To know you is to want to know you more. And so, God, I'm just so thankful that we get to know you, we get to experience you and walk with you, and that you're not disappointed with our sin, but that you would continue to encourage us to come out, that you pulled us out of our sin, God, that you came after us and you threw us on your shoulders and you said, I love you and I can't wait to celebrate you. And so, God, I pray that you'd showcase your great love and that you'd encourage us to continue to confess our sin. It's in your son's precious name we pray. Amen.